welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told in the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. You'll hear news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred, that great theme music by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. So, uh, before we get into the main show this week, I'd like to announce some cool stuff. I'm looking at my calendar right now, and I'm shocked to learn it is September 17th already. Uh, not only is summer over, but it's kind of getting to be a distant memory. Um, that also means we've only got about a month and a half before Halloween. Uh, that's the good news. Halloween, of course, being the biggest night of all in the world of audio drama. Um, and, of course, the entire month of October is International Audio Drama Month. Why is it International Audio Drama Month? Because we said so. So um, every year, um, as you know, here on the podcast, Radio Drama Revival uh, featured different month of audio horror programming each week throughout October um, and even in November sometimes. Uh, we also have a special event on Halloween, a special episode um, that culminated last year with a two-hour live show at WMPG in Portland, Maine. Previous years, we've had um, just a compendium show, uh, great stuff by uh, Mind's Eye Productions, the uh, Rocky Coast Radio Theater, uh, Grist Mill, uh, Roger Gregg even had some uh, vaguely horror pieces, all kinds of good stuff. Um, and this year, of course, we're continuing the tradition and raising the ante. Um, it sort of is the trend around here. Um, so uh, kind of this new effort started with Bob Arnold of Chatterbox Audio Theater. Of course, Chatterbox has been here on the show a lot as well. Um, one of my favorite contemporary working groups right now. Um, Bob saw my post last year about all the different audio drama events that are happening across the globe. And we get to thinking, hmm, how do we make the most of the fact that all of us internationally are producing original new shows each Halloween. Um, that led us to gathering together the group of some of the very best dramaturges across the country and creating a new thing called Transcontinental Terror. Transcontinentalterror.com is a new thing. Um, you're asking, what's the deal? Well, um, six producers are on board. Um, we're calling this show um, that'll be on Halloween an express-trained audio horror. Um, as I said, it starts on Halloween night. That's October 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern time. We will start um, hearing audio delights in the far east and moving westward. Actually, we're starting um, in the center of the earth, depending on your perspective, um, kicking off in the U.K. with Wireless Theater Company on GMT, stepping over to uh, Halifax for Electric Vicuna, the effort of Jack Ward of the Sonic Society. That's Atlantic Standard Time. Down to Portland, Maine for Final Room Productions, the debut of a new serial called The Cleansed, which is uh, fairly horrific. That's going to be at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Memphis, Tennessee, Chatterbox Radio Theater. Um, International Falls, Minnesota with Icebox Radio Theater. Then we crash land on that other Portland, Portland, Oregon, the Wallamet Radio Workshop. So uh, six hours of audio for you live uh, streamed at transcontinentalterror.com will the debut of all of these works. You will cannot hear any of these things now. They are all being produced, as is what I've been doing lately, in case uh, you couldn't tell from the um, the, the, the timing of the, the podcast lately. Um, I'm heavily in the midst of producing a new one-hour uh, pilot show. Um, so based on these efforts, this is really as, as good as it gets, and you should tune in however it is possible. You can play it uh, maybe as a background to your haunted house while you're giving out candy to trick-or-treaters, or you know, you can get it on your iPod, stream it, um, uh, I mean iPod or iTunes really as you're driving around doing trick-or-treating, or maybe take it out in the dark woods with your pagan rituals while you, you know, sacrifice the heart of a 
Virgin, whatever you have to do. So um, just make sure you don't miss this incredible festival of audio terror. It's going to be great. Um, got it? Okay, good. Now on to the show. Uh, we are continuing our feature of an inspired on-location recorded BBC adaptation of The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, produced by John Dryden. Last week, we met the handmaid as she lost her connection to the old world and was thrust into rehabilitation by the religious nuts of Gilead for her new role. A handmaid. And what is a handmaid? Well, we're about to find out in episode two of The Handmaid's Tale, part two of three. Enjoy. Not so many years ago, classrooms would be filled with the happy, smiling faces of children. It was not unusual for a single class to have as many as 40 children in it. Ex-music teacher David Warren remembers teaching in the late 1990s. I always wanted to get up in the mornings. I enjoyed my job. I like working with kids, but you know, I don't think any of us really understood how privileged we were. We were the last generation of teachers ever to experience a classroom of children. Can you imagine 30 children in a room together? My word. So, you're the new one. Blessed be the fruit. Indeed. Hmm. Well, you might as well come in. Shut the door behind you. In here. Kids are so quick to learn. We used to do shows, musicals, parents to see. All the kids. They said I would never walk. That I would spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair. I proved them wrong. What happened? An attack. Got shot here in the hip. Fanatic. That's terrible. What happens? So, let's have a look at you. You stand here where I can see you. So, old what's-his-face didn't work out then? No, ma'am. Tough luck on him. This is your second, isn't it? Third, ma'am. Well, not so good for you either. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) Pass me my cigarettes. Ma'am. On the table. This is the Gilead with God World News Hour. Coming up. Food shortages may soon be over with the near capture of Baptist Gorillas in the Appalachian Highlands. Birth rates are up for the second year running. And sport, weather, and business news all coming up in the next hour in the Gilead. With what are you looking at? World news hour with me, Nothing, ma'am. Stay tuned. Have you never seen a cigarette before? Uh, of course. <laughs> Just not for a long time. Oh. It's one of the perks of my position. As a wife. A wife. Would you like one? Handmaidens don't smoke, ma'am, and it's not conducive to childbirth. Oh, very good. 
<laughs> Look, I know you're not stupid. I've read your file. Now, as far as I'm concerned, this is like a business transaction. But if I get trouble, I'll give trouble back. You understand? Yes, ma'am. I can hit you, you know, if I want to. A scriptural precedent. Yes, ma'am. Don't call me ma'am. You're not a domestic. As for my husband, he's just that. My husband. I want that perfectly clear. To death do us part, it's final. Yes. It's one of the things we fought for. Praise the Lord. Indeed. We have one domestic here, Rita. She cooks and cleans. She doesn't do shopping. That's your role. It'll be good for you to get out from time to time. You can liaise with her. My husband also has a driver, Joseph. He helps fix things around the house, too. So if something's bust, tell Rita and she'll get Joseph around. I think that's all. I want to see as little of you as possible. I expect you feel the same way about me. You can go to your room now, Alfred. Rita will show you. Thank you. Experts say the decrease in unbabies or shredders is due to a dramatic decrease in radiation contamination seeping across from the Badlands. Here in Connecticut alone, doctors and midwives are working around the clock with a record. My name isn't Alfred. That's the name they gave me. They give me a different name at each house. At the last one, it was of Stephen. Before that, of Bill. Of Stephen, of Bill. I guess the owner of this house, the commander, is called Fred. I have another name, which nobody uses now because it's forbidden. I tell myself it doesn't matter. Your name is like your telephone number, useful only to others. But what I tell myself is wrong. It does matter. I keep the knowledge of this name like something hidden, some treasure I'll come back to dig up one day. I think of this name as buried. This name has an aura around it, like an amulet, some charm that survived from an unimaginably distant past. I lie in my single bed at night with my eyes closed, and the name floats there behind my eyes, not quite within reach, shining in the dark. Blessed be the fruit. May the Lord open. Are you ready to go? Yes. We aren't allowed to go shopping except in twos. This is supposed to be for our protection, but the truth is that she is my spy, as I am hers. The war is going well, I hear. Praise be. We've been sent good weather, which I receive with joy. Blessed be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit. May the Lord open. This is a beautiful May day. They've defeated more of the rebels since yesterday. Praise be. What were they? Baptists. They had a stronghold in the Blue Hills. They smoked them out. Praise be. Sometimes I wish she would just shut up and let me walk in peace. I want to think. 
God, I wish my friend Moira was here. Hi. Hi. May I inspect your passes, The please? barrier is patrolled by two guardians. You. Guardians Thank of you. faith. Please wait here. Wait there. This one is very young. All zits and a fluffy mustache. The young ones are often the most dangerous, the most fanatical, the jumpiest with their guns. May the Lord go with you. Have a nice day. Doctors lived here once. Lawyers, university professors. Luke and I used to walk together, sometimes along these streets. We used to talk about buying a house like one of these. An old, big house, fixing it up. Follow me, please. Today there's a group of Japanese tourists on a tour. This is the heart of Gilead. You'll notice that the women are dressed in different colors. Blue for the wives, red for the handmaids, domestics wear green. This is a very structured and religious society. What did I wear then, in the old days? Shorts, jeans, jogging pants. Do you have any oranges? Not today. How about grapefruit? Forget it. All that stuff comes from Florida. We got nothing from Florida. The terrorists have gotten the railway line again. I guess I'll have two pounds of apples then. Let me check the storeroom. Hello. I saw you walk in. Janine. Of Warren. I'm of Warren now. This is your partner? This is of Glenn. Blessed be the fruit. May the good Lord open. I have some news. What? I've just come from the doctors. I'm expecting. Oh, that's nice. a good Congratulations. Thank you. I, I just had to come over and tell you. I'm glad you did. And how are things going with you? Fine. Nothing happened yet, huh? Not yet. Oh, and this is your third posting in all. No more apples. What have you got? If I were you, I'd get some there help. Some you know what I mean? Mm. Well, we'll take a couple pounds of beans. You have a nice day so, now. Under his eye. Under his eye. I need to go to All Flesh, get some chicken. I, I don't think I can. Come on out, come my day. Excuse me, ladies. That's the food. food. They're asking if they can I take your know. picture. Uh, I don't, uh, take photograph, no? please, can we? It's not allowed. Huh? It's not allowed. The women here have different customs. That is why they cover themselves up. To stare at them through the lens of a camera is for them an experience of violation. I'm sorry? Do they have freedom? Freedom? They are free? Freedom. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, miss. They want to know, are you happy? Yes, we are very happy. She says yes. The people here lead a very disciplined lifestyle. It's what they choose. We should respect that. Thank you very much. All right. Follow me. We're now going into the center of Gilead. And I would ask you to respect the customs of this place. But ladies, covering yourselves up and putting on the gowns provided at the entrance. Are you ready to go back yet? Can we go via the church? All right. But I know as well as she does that she isn't really interested in the church. She wants to see who's hanging from the wall. These two are doctors, look. Angel makers. Angel makers? Abortionists. People still do that? Why would anyone want to now? You don't know anything, do you? What do you mean? They would have been abortion doctors in the old world. They go through all the hospital records, find out who they all were. They catch up with them eventually. 
But what they did wasn't a crime in the old world. Wasn't against the law, you mean. It was still a crime in the eyes of the good lord. The bags over the heads make the men look like dolls on which faces have not yet been painted. But on one there's blood which has seeped through the white cloth, where the mouth must be. It makes another mouth, a small red one, like the mouths painted with thick brushes by kindergarten children. A child's idea of a smile. We should go back. Yes. Offred, it's a beautiful May day. Yes. Praise be. It's curious how words and phrases jump out at you from some distant past. May Day used to be a distress signal a long time ago in one of those wars we studied in high school. May Day, May Day. For pilots whose planes had been hit and ships. Was it ships too? At sea. It was Luke who told me where it came from. It's nothing to do with the month of May, he said. It's French. A day, help. May Day, help me. May Day mornings fill me with hope and joy. Do you know what I mean? It's the Lord's doing. Of course. That's what I mean. We better get back. My room. A chair, a table, a lamp, a single bed, a wardrobe. Nothing takes place in the bed except sleep, or no sleep. The window only opens partly, and the glass is shatterproof. I decided to explore the room. I didn't want to do it all at once. I wanted to make it last. I divided the room into sections in my head. I allowed myself one section a day, which I would examine with the greatest minuteness. I hear Moira's voice in my head saying I'm crazy, but I do it anyway. One day I found, on the wall behind the wardrobe, scratched with a pin or maybe just a fingernail, a picture. Like a, a child's matchstick drawing. A man with a beard. A woman with dots all over her round face, like freckles. A child and a dog. I wonder who she was. Or is. And what became of her. Perhaps I will try to find out. I want you to think of God as a national resource. Uh. He's always been there. The commander's wife seems more relaxed with me recently. Sometimes in the evenings when the commander is still at work, she allows me to watch television with her. Is it any surprise the world got contaminated? You recognize me, don't you? I'm sorry, I, I don't understand. You know who I am? Not now, but before. Before? I think so. From TV? Were you? Serena Joy. That's me. <laughs> I'm 
Did you ever watch any of my shows? Oh, yes. I was on TV every day. <laughs> like him. Everyone loved me. I was invited to speak all over the country. Yeah. I guess those days are over now. My work's been done. Still, I don't know if I've ever received the full recognition I deserved for what I did. So I was living in the household of the TV evangelist, Serena Joy. Yeah. Things were worse than I thought. How she has aged. Is it really any surprise that he said, hey, bud? If you don't want my gift, I'll take it back. The first time I saw her on television, I was eight or nine. It was when my mother was away at demonstrations, fighting for women's rights and stuff. I sometimes stayed at my grandmother's place. On Sunday evening, she would always watch the Growing Souls Gospel Hour. Serena Joy was the lead soprano. She could smile and cry at the same time. A tear sliding gracefully down her cheek as if on cue, as her voice lifted through its highest notes, tremulous, effortless. It was after that she went on to other things. Hello, and welcome to the Serena Joy Show. Today we look at the tragic cost to family life of women who go to work. Join me for the next half hour as we debate women's responsibility to become better homemakers. That's straight after this commercial break. Serena Joy was never her real name, not even in the old world. Her real name was Pam. I read that in a profile on her in a news magazine, Time or Newsweek. Don't be fooled by the lies peddled by leftist feminist manipulators who tell you that you've got to have equal this and equal that. For too long, they have had it all their way. Don't be swayed by their lies. Be suspicious when they try to influence you with their ever so reasonable manner. Don't be fooled. These people have already submitted to the devil, and they want to destroy you and your family. Oh. She wasn't singing anymore by then. She oh, was yes, making speeches. Oh, she was good at it. Look, there is no equal. Her speeches were about the sanctity of the home and about how women should stay there. God intended women to be the nest builder, to look after the family, to stay at home. And I think that all of you know that in your hearts. But Serena Joy didn't stay at home herself. She made speeches instead and presented this failure of hers as a sacrifice she was making for the good of all. Can you tell me why you have come here today? Absolutely, I sure can. We're here to protest against the slaughtering of unborn babies. Around that time, someone tried to shoot her. And I know that most of America supports us. And let me tell you, we are not moving. We will blockade this clinic. No, wait, this house of murder for as long as it takes. And what do you hope to achieve? We want people to realize what is going on. And if the police drag us away, that is fine. Look, we know who's doing these operations. We have got a register of names and addresses of all the doctors who have carried out abortions, and you know what? They are not going to get away with it. Is that a threat? 
No, sir, it is a principle. If you commit a crime, one day you're gonna get punished. Let me make this clear. This is murder. This is murder. This is murder. One day the pre-born are gonna receive justice. Damn evil bitch! What's going on here? The reporter was killed, but Serena Joy survived. She called it a miracle. She doesn't have a TV show anymore. She doesn't make speeches. She doesn't go to work. She stays in her home, looks after her garden. But it doesn't seem to agree with her. She fought for women to stay at home. How furious she must be now that she's been taken at her word. With whoever we please, to have children when it suited us, not when it suited the Lord. Uh, that's enough to now. the most precious gift he gave us. I think we both need to get some rest. Tomorrow's the big day. Yes. I'll go back to my room. May I ask you something? What? The last one who stayed in my room before me. Which one? The one with freckles. You knew her? Uh, yes, I knew her before. Um, <laughs> we were at the Rachel and Leah Reeducation Center together. I heard she was here. She didn't work out. She wasn't successful? She didn't work out. Oh. I'll go back to my room then. I sit in my room. I want Luke here so badly. I want to be held and told my name. I repeat my former name, remind myself of what I once could do, how others saw me. I want to be with someone. But I try not to think too much. Like other things now, thought must be rationed. There's a lot that doesn't bear thinking about. Thinking can hurt our chances. Once a month, I'm taken by Joseph to the doctors for tests. Urine, hormones, cancer smear, blood tests. We're here, ma'am. The same as before, except now it's obligatory. No, don't try the door. It's locked. I'll come around and open it. Try to relax. Breathe in. Breathe out. Thank you. When is your next ceremony? Tonight. Good. Good. I see from your file that this is your third posting? Yes. Nothing happened? No, nothing. Shame. You're in good shape as far as I can tell, and you had a child before in the old world. Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Daisy. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I didn't mean to upset it's you. It's all right. It's just that I miss her. I understand. May I get dressed now? I could help you. What? I could help you. I've helped others. Help me how? How do you think? The door's locked. No one will come in. They'll never know it isn't his. Most of these old guys can't make it anymore, or they're sterile. Lots of women do it. 
You want a baby, don't you? It'd only take a minute. It's too dangerous. You don't have a lot of time left. If you don't succeed this time, they'll send you off to the colonies. But it's your life. Think about it. Perhaps next month? Forty-six guerrillas are captured and marched out of the forest. They will be taken to a detention center where they will be tried and sentenced. It's been a long campaign. My husband is late as usual, so you might as well sit down. And it's another successful mission over. Another job well done. I thought we could use this opportunity to straighten a few things out. Is it cold out there? It's freezing, my now, I don't know how things were conducted at your previous postings. I don't care. But in this household, you should know that we take a strictly orthodox approach. The ceremony is a means to an end. That's all it is. You don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to like it. I would prefer it if you didn't. No moaning. No thrusting. No crying out. Just keep your mouth and eyes shut. You understand? Yes. That's all that's required. Just shut yourself off. Pray or something. Yes? Yes, I understand. An underground espionage ring has been cracked by a team of eyes working with an inside informant. The ring has been smuggling precious national resources over the border to Canada. Five members of the heretical Good evening. Quakers have been arrested and more arrested. I hope I haven't kept you waiting too long. We've been watching the news. Chad McCloud was at the scene. Good. The eyes burst through the door at five this morning. Quakers put up little to no resistance, but one was shot as he tried to make his escape. He died later in hospital. Bring me the good book. And a glass of water. news from the besieged city of Detroit, which we have been reliably informed is soon to surrender to our forces. It's been a long and sustained campaign, and the controversial bombing of the city seems to have worked. The commander leading the offensive, Reverend General David Nunn. Rachel was childless, and when she saw that she bore Jacob no children, she became jealous of her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or I shall die. <laughs> and Jacob said angrily to Rachel, Can I take the place of God who denied thee children? And she said, here is my slave girl, Bilhah. Lie with her, and she shall bear upon my knees that I may also have children by her. And so she gave him her slave girl, Bilhah. And Jacob lay with her. Praise be. Brady. Yes. Shall we go upstairs?
What I could see if I were to open my eyes would be the large white canopy of her four-poster bed suspended like a sagging cloud above us. Above me, towards the head of the bed, she is arranged, outspread, her legs apart. I lie between them, my head on her stomach, her pubic bone under the base of my skull, her thighs on either side of me. She holds my hands to signify that we are one flesh, one being. The rings of her left hand cut into my fingers. It may or may not be revenge. <laughs> the commander is preoccupied like a man humming to himself in the shower. Like a man who has other things on his mind. It's as if he's somewhere else waiting for a bus to arrive. God, there's something hilarious about this whole situation. I hear Moira in my head. She's killing herself, laughing, laughing. But I don't dare laugh. I don't dare. Get up now. Get up and get out. And this is what I do when I'm back in my room. I take off my clothes and put on my nightgown. I look for the pad of butter in the toe of my right shoe where I hid it after dinner. Much of it is sunk into the paper I wrapped it in. I rub the butter over my face, work it into the skin of my hands. There's no longer any hand lotion or face cream. Not for us. And such things are considered vanities. We are containers. It's only the insides of our bodies that are important. This was the decree of the wives. This absence of hand lotion. They don't want us to look attractive. For them, Things are bad enough. Nobody dies from lack of sex. It's lack of love we die from. All the people I could love are dead or elsewhere. Who knows where they are now or what their names are now. They might as well be nowhere. As I am for them. It was after the chase from the border where we had tried to cross. There was the dirt road and the woods. And we jumped out of the car and began to run. Me, Luke, and Daisy. Somehow we got separated in the chase. I don't know what happened to Luke. Stay where you are. Do not get up. Don't put your arms up in front of you. 
No, it's okay. It's all right, honey. It's okay. Don't take my dog. No, where are you? Shut up, Shut up. Don't take my dog. Of all the dreams, this is the worst. Here's what I believe. I believe Luke is lying face down in a thicket, a tangle of bracken. What is left of him? His hair, the bones, the plaid wool shirt, green and black, the leather belt, the work boots. I know exactly what he was wearing. I can see his clothes in my mind, bright as a full-color advertisement from an ancient magazine. Though not his face, not so well. His face is beginning to fade. I pray his death was painless. One shot through the back of the skull, one flash, darkness or pain. Dull, I hope, like the word thud. Only the one and then silence. I believe this. I also believe that they didn't catch him after all and that he made it. Reached the bank, swam the river, crossed the border, dragged himself up on the far shore, teeth chattering, found his way to a nearby farmhouse. Hello? Hello? Yeah, can I help you? Was allowed in. Perhaps they were Quakers. The woman made him some hot coffee and gave him a set of her husband's clothes. I picture the clothes. It comforts me to dress him warmly. They will smuggle him inland where he will make contact with the others. Perhaps he's met up with Moira. Perhaps they're part of something. There must be a resistance, a government in exile. Someone must be out there. There must be a resistance, or where do all the criminals come from on the television? Any day now, there may be a message from him. It will come in the most unexpected way from the least likely person. Under my plate, on the dinner tray, slipped into my hand as I reached the tokens across the counter in his shop. The message will say that I must have patience. Sooner or later, he will get me out. We will find Daisy, wherever they've put her. She'll remember us. And we will be all three of us together. Come here. Let's have a look at it. <laughs> Don't struggle, dear. <laughs> it tickles. Oh, yes. Ah. Oh. Yes, that's a beauty. It's like a huge fruit, big and ripe. Let me feel. <laughs> I've warned you won't keep still. I'm sorry, but it tickles. <laughs> we are so pleased with her. Rita. Rita. Go and get Alfred from her room. Yes, ma'am. Alfred should see this. It might inspire her. More tea, Mildred. Thank you. Cookie? Thanks. Would you like one, dear? Oh, yeah. no. You'll spoil her. Too much sugar is bad for them. Oh, just this once, Mildred. Oh, yes. Can I, ma'am? Please. Go on. Oh, thank you. She's more like a daughter, really. One of the family. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alfred, come in here. This is my friend, Mrs. McLeod, and this is a Warren. 
her handmaid. Hello. You know each other? Yes, we were re-educated together. Of <laughs> Warren is expecting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you can sit down now, <clears throat> both of you. She is such a healthy girl. No Agent Orange in the family. We checked the records. You can never be too careful. You've been so lucky. I'll say. I'll say. But Morin was very thorough this time because we've had some bad experiences. Well, some of the ones that you get, they, they don't even keep themselves clean. You know, they won't give you a smile. They mope in their rooms. They don't wash their hair. The smell. The last one we had, I had to get the domestics to hold her down in the bathtub. And then she stopped eating. <laughs> You don't want to know. <laughs> of Warren's a good girl. And I suppose your husband will be getting a promotion if this works out. Well, we don't want to count our chickens, but there are words going about. There are words. <laughs> but you'll have one soon. I feel sure of it. So, uh, so this is your handmaid. Well, let's get a look at her. Come over here. Oh, Fred, come here. Turn around for Mrs. McLeod. Hmm. Attractive. What's she like? <sighs> She's only been here a few months. And nothing's happened yet? No, not yet. <clears throat> How's Zora, Fred? No, not yet. Hmm. You haven't had much luck, really. Uh, no. <laughs> well, with all that business with the last one. Mm. And what did they do to her in the end? You must be so excited. I bet you could hardly wait. <laughs> This is your third home, I understand. Joseph. You're not supposed to talk to me. Just passing the time of day. I have a message. What? I have a message. From who? From the commander. He wants to see you in his office. When? Tomorrow in the evening. See. 6.30 after his wife has gone to her room. Is that all right? I don't know. This is the surgery. I'll be waiting at the front as usual. Can I have your ID? Thank you. Let me just scan your tattoo. Alrighty. Of Fred, handmaiden 2012. Why don't you take a seat over there? Dr. McLean is running a little behind this morning. McLean? Yes. But I see Dr. Peters. Oh, Dr. Peters isn't with us anymore. Isn't with you? It's Dr. McLean now. But what happened to Dr. Peters? He's gone. Gone? Look, I I'm busy. Do you have a problem? No. Well, then, take a seat and wait to be called. Sure. Yes. Sorry.
close the door behind you. strange. I guess it is a little strange. Here. I have a little present for you. It's an old one. From the 70s, I think. A Vogue. I thought you might like to look at it. It's not permitted. And here it is. Would you like to see it? Would you? Yes. Why do you have this? Some of us retain an appreciation of the old things. But these were supposed to have been burned. Yes. Within those pages is promise. An endless series of possibilities. Adventure, rejuvenation, pain overcome and transcended, endless love, immortality. That's why they had to be destroyed. Why show this to me? Who else would I show it to? What about your wife? She wouldn't understand. We don't seem to have that much in common. We've grown apart. Oh. I thought perhaps we could meet from time to time outside the, uh, you know. It's so impersonal. I see. I want... I want you to kiss me. I'm serious. I want you to kiss me. All right. Not like that. Like you meant it. Perhaps we could do something else. What? I would like... This may sound silly. I would like you to play a game of Scrabble with me. <laughs> do you know how to play? Yes. Would you play with me? Why? Why? Because it's forbidden. All right. 
Houston. You're late. Well, I had to wait for her to go to bed. The commander and I have an arrangement. It's not the first such arrangement in history. I visit him two or three nights a week, always after dinner, but only when I get the signal. The signal is Joseph. If he's polishing the car when I set out for the shopping. What is it you miss most about the old world? Hand lotion. What? Hand lotion or face lotion. My skin gets very dry. Well, it doesn't look very dry. I use butter when I can get it or margarine. A lot of the time it's margarine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick I learned at the Rachel and Leah Center where I was re-educated. That's very clever. Do you think you could get me some hand lotion? I should think so. Supposing she smells it on you. I'd be careful. Besides, she's never that close to me. Sometimes she is. Well, then I won't use it on those nights. <laughs> oh, Lord. Give us success today. When the ceremony came around again, I found things were changed. I don't remember. Now there is an awkwardness there hadn't been before. The lights are on as usual, since Serena Joy always avoids anything that would create an aura of romance or eroticism, however slight. It's like being on an operating table in the full glare. I feel him actually looking at me, and I don't like it. He could give me away so easily by a look, by a gesture. He reaches his hand to touch my face. I move my head to the side to warn him away, hoping Serena Joy hasn't noticed. Don't ever do that again. Do what? Try to touch me like that when we're... when she's there. You could get me transferred to the colonies, or worse, you know that. I just... I find it... impersonal. How long did it take you to find that out? Tell me. Is that what happened to the last one? What do you mean? The handmaid before me. Was she sent to the colonies? No. She used to see you too, didn't she? Alone like this. What happened to her? She didn't work out. What happened to her? She moved on. Look, look, I've got something for you. What? The hand lotion you asked for. Trouble is, I don't have anywhere to keep it. In your room? They'd find it. Someone would find it. Why? They look. They look in all our rooms. What for? Razor blades. Books. Writing. Black market stuff. All the things we aren't supposed to have. You ought to know. Then you'll have to keep it here. Thank you. You have everything on your list? Yes. Do you mind if we go by the auto church? I want to get a soul scroll. Fine. No point going by the wall. 
There won't be anyone there. They don't leave the bodies hanging as long in the summer because of the flies. Welcome to the fully automated house of the Lord. Please select a prayer. I promise to get the Beatitudes for the domestic in my house. Please insert a token. Blessed be the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed be those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed be the silent, for they shall be given strength. Blessed be those who obey the law, for they I knew they changed things and left things out, but there was no way of checking. There's a Bible in every home, but locked up. We can be read to from it by the head of our household. We can go to the auto church and get a printout of the passage, but we cannot read it ourselves. After all, it's an incendiary device. Who knows what we'd make of it if we ever got our hands on one. serve their country, for by doing so, they will be serving their God. Amen. Amen. Please take your soul scrolls printout. May the Lord make you have a nice day. Shall we sit in the chapel for a bit? I will abolish Let them return and they shall be burned with and devoured with burning. Do you think God listens to these machines? You mustn't ask me that. I don't. I think we should go. I don't think this is a godly country. I... You can say it. Neither do I. Evil, 
Can you do anything with your last letter? Or do I get another go? D. Devil. <laughs> Too bad you lose. You know, that's really very clever. What? That the words good and evil are each only one letter short of God and devil. I'd like to know what you think. I don't think a lot. Oh, come now. I'm interested in your opinions. You're intelligent enough. You must have opinions. I don't hear opinions too often these days. What do you want my opinion on? What we've achieved in the past decade. I don't have an opinion. Oh, come on. I'd like to hear what you think. What did we overlook? How about love? Love? What kind of love? What kind of love? How about falling in love? Oh, yes. I've read the magazines. That's what they were publishing, wasn't it? But look at the stats, my dear. Was it really worth it falling in love? Arranged marriages have always worked out just as well, if not better. Those years when people could choose anyone they wanted were just an anomaly, historically speaking. Well, and how about just loving thy neighbor kind of love? That will come. You see, you need to understand that all change is painful. We have embarked on one of the most ambitious projects this world has ever seen. We have brought peace and order where there was chaos and disorder. Whatever you say. We thought we could make the world better. Better? How can you think this is better? Better never means better for everyone. It always means worse for some. But on balance, I believe we've given more than we've taken away. Love will come in time. What did you do before? What were you? Oh, I was in market research to begin with. After that, I sort of branched out. You might say I'm sort of a problem solver. Hmm. Well, maybe you could help me solve a problem. Something I've been wondering about. The one before me. She had freckles, right? Did you know her? Not exactly. I... I keep finding these little pictures in my room. Inside the cupboard, on the walls. More scratch drawings, really, of stick people. And very small. One of the characters, a woman, has freckles. She appears in all the pictures I've found so far. I see. They're family scenes, mainly. Her, a man and a child in front of a house. I guess she had a family in the old days. Her pushing a pram, her lying on a bed. Her crying. She hanged herself, right? How did you know? She drew pictures of that, too. She must have been planning to do it for a while. Rita found her. Poor girl. <clears throat> 
Maybe I shouldn't come here anymore. I thought you were enjoying it. I wish you would. You want my life to be bearable to me. Yes. Yes, I do. I would prefer it. Well, then. What would you like? Besides the hand lotion? I would like... I would like to know. Whatever there is to know. What's going on. How it all works. Everything. In episode two of The Handmaid's Tale, by Margaret Atwood, the part of Offred was played by Marsha Dietlin, Serena Joy by Leslie Hendricks, The Commander by Earl Hindman, Off Glen by Mireille Enos, Janine by Emma Roberts, Dr. Peters by Bruce Sabbath, Rita by Shannon Williams, Mildred by Kristen Marks. Other parts were played by Dylan Chelfie and members of the company. The original score was composed by Sasha Putnam, Nick Russell Pavia, and Mitch Agugwa. The Handmaid's Tale is a Goldhawk Universal production for BBC Radio 4. It was produced by Jane Quill and dramatised and directed by John Dryden. And the final part is at the same time next week. And that was The Handmaid's Tale Part 2 by Margaret Atwood, edited for radio by John Dryden and the BBC. One of those, uh, more of those coming up next week, um, finishing that series. And then we wrap up the month with a feature of a fresh debut of audio drama, Starstruck by Audio Comics. Uh, Starstruck's an adaptation of a comic book and off-Broadway show by Elaine Lee. Kind of a cult Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy meets Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, produced by Lance Axe and Bill DeFries, two of my favorite people in audio and an effort that's uh, taken years to get together, but is well, well worth it. I think you'll enjoy the results. Uh, we'll be doing a feature, um, talking to the producers, hearing samples of the show, and uh, pushing their new CD. And you can actually get pre-orders of the CD if you're familiar with Starstruck and say, yeah, I definitely want this stuff. Um, you know, some of the best you're going to hear in that um, genre of sci-fi, comedy, um, satire. It's, it's uh, spunk. It's It's good stuff. Um, the link to it will be up at radiodramarevival.com. Uh, meantime, of course, uh, you can learn about all the latest audio drama news by following this podcast on Twitter, at Radiodrama. You can search Facebook for Radio Drama Revival and see our page, which has much of the same content. Um, or if you go on iTunes, you can subscribe to the core podcast. The uh, What we're really all about here is, of course, the stories. Search Radio Drama Revival. Uh, that wraps that up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's community radio. This podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.